Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Truth Hurts Program, the afternoon edition for your Thursday, January 28th, 2021. I am Steve Z. As I said, this is the Truth Hurts Program, so let's get some of the legal stuff out the way right quick, fast, and in a hurry. While we still have a Constitution and a Bill of Rights, this program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to that Constitution of the United States of America, which provides me with the ability to express my opinion on this forum and in this venue. With that being said, I will now make a presumption. Organizations like Fakebook, who are out there with their so-called fact-checkers, have been fact-checking the hell out of everything that we post if it is pro-Trump, pro-conservatism, pro-American, and, of course, if it is pro-Biden, pro-Democrat, pro-socialism, they sometimes tend to just ignore the fact-checking. It's not important. Taking into consideration that they do fact-check everything that is pro-Trump or everything that is anti-Biden, you can presume that if there's no fact-check warning on a post on the fake book now, that it must be true, right? They fact-check everything that they can find any legitimate or even illegitimate reason, such as someone forgot to put a comma or used incorrect grammar. So, I'm going to read this to you. It comes from my good friend Joe. And he writes, Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. You'll recognize their railroad equipment by the designation BNSF. The Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad, or BNSF, owns all of the rail lines in the United States that connect to Western Canada. And they, BNSF, haul 80% plus of the crude oil that comes from Canada and goes down through the Midwest into Texas and other refining states. Now, they either haul 80% or they charge other short-line railroads a fee to use their tracks to transport oil. Now, BNSF charges $30 per barrel to haul the oil, while the Keystone Pipeline would cost only $10 a barrel by the State Department's own estimates. BNSF is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, whose chairman of the board is none other than Warren Buffett. In the last two election cycles, Buffett gave extensively to Democrat candidates and causes, like Joe Biden. If anyone believes the Keystone Pipeline is not being blocked by Buffett and his donations, by Obama and Biden, and yes, Obama's still very much involved, then I've got a bridge to sell you. Buffett could stand to lose $2 billion plus per year if the Keystone XL pipeline is constructed. And he makes about that much money every year that the pipeline is delayed. Just a few thoughts for you right there. 
Now here's a few things you might want to know about what's going on since Gropy Joe took office as your new resident at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Over 52,000 jobs in the oil and gas industry were instantly wiped out. Those are direct jobs. Hundreds of thousands more indirect jobs have also now been put into jeopardy. This ends the status of energy independence for the United States of America. We were a net exporter of oil, and now, moving forward, we will go back to the days of Jimmy Carter and oil shortages and OPEC embargoes, Arab embargoes, Iranian embargoes. If you remember gas rationing, long lines... $4 plus per gallon for gasoline, it's going to be worse. Canada and Texas are already suing Biden over his shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline project, as well as the stoppage of drilling for new oil. Antifa, remember, they're just an idea, right? They're not an organization. Antifa continues to riot and they continue to burn down Portland and Seattle. They continue to riot in the streets. Biden sent our troops to DC to sleep on a cold parking garage floor in freezing temperatures where there was only one bathroom. But don't worry, Jill Biden in the White House baked some cookies for some of them. Certainly not all of them. There were indeed 26,000 National Guard troops called up I don't think the large oven at the White House kitchen could accommodate that many cookies. He also created a new glass ceiling for little girls to hurdle, ruining so many chances for scholarships with his progressive transgender programs, which now allow boys to compete against girls. Boys with real penises tucked between their legs and taped because they feel like a woman. Of course, Biden did create the new federal mask mandate, which he's already broken numerous times. Remember, he and his family posing for pictures at the Lincoln Memorial in violation of the mask mandate he had just enacted hours before? But that's okay. He is the leader, and you are sheeple. Remember, he's now allowing illegal immigrants to be counted for representation in Congress because he's not going to oppose illegal immigrants being counted in the U.S. Census. Remember that student loan forgiveness he promised? It was a lie. He has done a complete 180 and halted any student loan forgiveness that he had promised, which is, that's a good thing. I'll give him that one. Remember he promised a $2,000 stimulus check for every American? Every American? That too was a lie. It might be $1,400 and it might go to so-called underserved Americans. Remember when Donald Trump lowered the cost of insulin by executive order for diabetics, some of the most vulnerable population to the coronavirus? Well, just remember, Biden shut that down, so the cost of your insulin is going up again. Along with the order, 
that Trump put into place to lower the cost of EpiPens. You know, those life-saving devices for people who go into shock due to allergies. Biden has also rescinded the Trump order banning Chinese communist involvement in the U.S. power grid. He's selling us out one kilowatt at a time. His actions have cost almost $2 billion annually in gross wages lost to hardworking, taxpaying Americans. And, in case you didn't know, he's turning the other cheek and looking the other way as eight Chinese bombers, four fighters, one sub-hunter, breached Taiwan's air defense identification zone across the Taiwan Strait. He's also sent troops back into the Middle East, possibly wrecking any of the historic peace agreements fostered by former President Donald Trump. But at least, you got to admit, Biden hasn't tweeted any mean words to anyone. And you have a woman vice president now, right? That's what the people say they hated most of Trump. The tweeting. At least the tweeting has ceased, right? What a wonderful world we now live in. The tweeting has ceased. I read something very inspiring today on one of the social media platforms. It says, A little girl stood near a small church from which she had been turned away because it was too crowded. Does that sound like a COVID-related story? Stick around. I can't go to Sunday school, she sobbed to the pastor as he walked by. Seeing her shabby, unkempt appearance, the pastor guessed the reason and, taking her by the hand, took her inside and she found a place in the Sunday school class. The child was so happy that they had found room for her, she went to bed that night thinking of all the children who have no place in which to worship. Two years later, the child lay dead in one of the poor tenement buildings in their town. Her parents called for the kind-hearted pastor who had befriended their daughter to handle her final arrangements. As her poor little body was being moved, a worn and crumpled red purse was found, which seemed to have been rummaged at some point in time from a trash dump. Inside the little purse were 57 cents and a note scribbled in childish handwriting which read, this is to help build the little church bigger so more children can go to Sunday school. For two years, this little girl had saved for her offering of love. When the pastor tearfully read that note, he knew instantly what he would do. Carrying the note and the cracked red pocketbook to the pulpit, he told the story of this little child's unselfish love and devotion. He then challenged his deacons to get busy and raise enough money for a larger building. Now, the story doesn't end here. A newspaper learned of the story and published it, and it was read by a wealthy realtor who offered them a parcel of land worth many thousands of dollars. When the pastor told the realtor that the church couldn't afford to pay that much, the realtor offered to sell the property to the little church for 57 cents. 
Church members made large donations. Checks came from far and wide. Within five years, the little girl's gift had increased from 57 cents to $250,000, which was a huge sum of money at that time. After all, it was near the turn of the century. Not the 21st century, but the 20th century. Her unselfish love had paid large dividends. If you're ever in the city of Philadelphia, look up the Temple Baptist Church, which now has seating capacity of 3,300. And be sure to visit Temple University, where thousands of students are educated each year. Have a look also at the Good Samaritan Hospital and at a Sunday school building which houses hundreds of beautiful children, a building constructed so that no child in the area would ever need to be left outside during Sunday school time. In one of the rooms of this building, you may see the picture of the sweet face of a little girl whose 57 cents so sacrificially saved made such remarkable history. Alongside of it is a portrait of the kind pastor, Dr. Russell H. Conwell. He was the author of the book, Acres of Diamonds. Now this is a true story and it goes to show what God can do with 57 cents. Very inspiring story that I thought I'd share with you today because in these times where so much is being taken away and so many people are being restricted from Sunday school, restricted from church, restricted from social gatherings by a government which is ever increasing in its capacity to limit your access to God, your family, your friends, and even your neighbors. It just goes to show what the power of community can do in the face of such adversity. The story was about an occurrence that happened over 100 years ago. But its message still rings true today. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Early yesterday morning, I got a text message from a relative and it said AMC, BB, and GME are going to be some movers today in the stocks. I wrote back at 8.17, okay, thank you. By 8.18, my relative said, I've already made $400 on the AMC alone so far this morning. I wrote back, nice. At 1.59 p.m., he says, I'm up a grand today. I wrote, sweet. So I looked into it, and I made a purchase yesterday. I've been out of the stock market, by the way, since before the election, because I knew there was going to be some volatility, and I wasn't quite sure which direction that volatility would head. So I took a small sum of money yesterday, and I purchased stock in two companies, one being AMC Theaters, and for about, what is that? About an hour, I was up on my whopping $400 investment. I was up $57. 
So of course I woke up this morning wondering just how much money I had made on my $400 investment. And I was very disappointed to see that when I woke up this morning, I had lost $98.81 out of my $400 small investment. A 24.7% drop after a 200 plus percent rise the day before. But made me wonder, what the hell is going on with this? Then I read something in the National Pulse this morning which says GameStop's short sell firm Citadel paid Biden's Treasury Secretary millions of dollars. It begins, Joe Biden's Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, has made over $7 million from speaking at Wall Street firms, including Citadel, which invested billions of dollars in the primary hedge fund that is now suffering as a result of the GameStop stock surge. Yellen's financial disclosures reveal over 60 speeches to financial firms. Items 25, 29, and 49 on her list show that she received $810,000 from Citadel in speaking fees, and they published a list of all of her speaking fees. Following a Reddit-induced skyrocket of the price of GameStop, a company heavily shorted by Melvin Capital Management, trading platforms including Robinhood have started to ban trading of the security. The move will likely lower the price of the stock and perhaps possibly help rectify Melvin Capital's massive losses. The move was widely viewed as protecting Wall Street hedge funds, whom Yellen has made millions of dollars in speaking fees from. And now she's being accused of selling out the little guy. Citadel recently funneled billions into Melvin Capital Management, according to the Wall Street Journal. What's more, Citadel has a close financial relationship with the online trading firm Robinhood because the trading platform receives payment from Citadel Execution Services for directing equity order flow. A summary of the Citadel-Robinhood relationship notes, quote, Robinhood likely received a significant premium on its payment for order flow from Citadel as it allowed Citadel to profit much more of Robinhood trades than other brokers. And Citadel funded parts of the presidential campaigns of Mitt Romney and John McCain, two losers. Yellen will now have to face questions over her involvement in the move to stop ordinary traders like me. On Thursday morning, she was cited as the front person of the Biden regime by Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Wednesday. Oh, it's getting nasty. It's cost me a hundred. It's cost many people, thousands if not ten thousands, and I haven't heard from my relative this morning to see how much of an ass beating he took after all of the bragging that was done earlier yesterday. Once upon a time, I went with my family on a cruise, and one of the stops on our cruise was to the town of Zibel Chaltoon, Mexico, an area of Mayan ruins. There was a lady there, a little rotund, a little round in stature, not a supermodel by today's current standards of body type, 
but she was celebrated by the 81-year-old man who was our tour guide through the ruins of Zebel Chaltoon. D-Z-I-B-I-L-C-H-A-L-T-U-N. A Mayan ruins site near Cozumel. He looked at her, and she was having a little trouble keeping up with our walking group. It was a hot summer day. The woman was perspiring, and the older gentleman who was our tour guide said, Madam, in the time of the Mayans, you would have been considered a goddess. And she said, Me? I'm just a chunky chick. He said, You have the body type that was desired as godlike by the women of the Mayans. Look at some of the ancient drawings where they show a larger bodied woman was the object of desire. You would have been a goddess. In the Odi tribe in Ethiopia, the most desired men are the ones with the largest bellies. The more belly you have, the more attractive you are to the local women. So, to those of you who are around, who keep your weight out there in front where you can see it, you're not fat. You're just in the wrong tribe. Of course, finding a fat person in Ethiopia must be really, really hard to do, right? Aside from all the Bernie Sanders with the mittens memes, I did see a meme that made me chuckle this morning. It says, gonna jump on this one early. Biden did not commit suicide. <laughs> that there is funny right now. Unless, of course, you're affiliated with Hillary. There was a sign on the gas pump this morning as I filled up the old F-250. It was one of those multi-nozzled pumps that had diesel, unleaded, mid-grade, premium unleaded, ethanol-free... And, of course, the wonderful high-ethanol E85 fuel. There was a handwritten note in Sharpie that said, Get your hand off the nozzles if you don't support the oil and gas industry. Hashtag, energy strong. Which brings me to my next point. For all of those of you out here who want to see our oil and gas industry go away, and to see coal and natural gas go away in favor of solar panels and windmills? When you woke up this morning, did you flip on a light switch? Turn on a television or a computer? Did you charge your cell phone overnight? Did you get into a car, a truck, a van, or maybe a bus or a subway? Did you eat from a plastic bowl or drink from a plastic straw? Did anything you touch today have any relationship to plastic? If you have a catheter or an IV, all of those items, my friends, are oil and gas related. If your furnace runs on oil or gas or propane, if you have an electric heater that gets power from the grid which generates electricity using oil or coal or natural gas, then you are a hypocrite. 
you should shut the hell up. Unless you live like the Amish right now and do not use any fossil fuels or any products made from plastic, unless you don't operate a computer, a cell phone, an iPad, then you should shut your pie hole when it comes to speaking badly about fossil fuels. I kid you not. You should really be quiet now. Remember when I spoke to you yesterday about Linda Thomas Greenfield, the ambassador nominee for the United Nations from the U.S. of A.? Well, she was interviewed during her confirmation hearings by Senator Ted Cruz, and some of what she had to say is quite interesting. Take a listen. So you've said you were horrified by seeing firsthand what the Confucius Institute was doing. Did you keep the money? Uh, I can tell you what I did with the money. Uh, I give a tremendous amount of my very meager resources to humanitarian efforts. And so you did keep did. the money, though. You, you didn't did. give it back. I Yes, she did keep the money. She's shaking her head up and down. Yes. Now, you also describe, you said you've spoken out against China's abusive practices. Um, perhaps you have elsewhere, uh, but I can tell you I'm holding the speech you gave at the Confucius Institute, and I can't find a single word of criticism in this speech. This speech is cheerleading for the Chinese Communist Party. You praise the Belt and Road Initiative. You praise their entrapping developing countries uh, in debt bondage, and you say the United States should follow China's model. Is it the role of America's UN ambassador to be cheering on the Chinese Communist Party at the expense of the developing world and at the expense of America? Uh, Senator, it was not my intention, uh, nor I, do I think that I cheered on the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Uh, what I recommended in that speech is that Africans need to open their eyes on how they deal with the Chinese. And I would like to see the United States government do more in Africa to compete with the... My, my, my final question, did, did you have even a word of criticism about the Chinese Communist Party, about its murders, about its tortures, about its concentration camps, about its genocide? Did you have even a word of criticism in the speech you gave at the Confucius Institute? Uh, I spoke about human rights there. Uh, that's the speech, but you don't see my other engagements uh, with students who ask questions that I answered frankly. And uh, I don't ignore human rights. I talk about the fact that Africans like But, but in the speech, did you address human rights? I did. Human rights is referred to as something that we promote in the United States. That what did you say about human rights that in speech? are our values. What did you say? I, about I mean, in my discussions with, uh, with Africans. But, but I appreciate what you're saying. I'm not denying this. As I said, I regret this. I, you know, this is one speech in my 35-year career. And I do regret that speech. But if you look at what I have done prior to that, there is no question that I understand I am not at all naive about what the Chinese are doing. And I have called them out on a regular basis, including today. Thank you. Now, in case you're thinking that I've manipulated the audio for this, I have not. I've simply played the most relevant portion of it 
in context. But for those of you who question, I want to play the beginning of that particular article in which Senator Ted Cruz sets up the reasoning for his questioning of Miss Thomas Greenfield. Take a listen to the beginning of the exchange by Senator Ted Cruz. I've for a long time believed that the single greatest geopolitical threat facing the United States is China. And the communist government in China is a profoundly malign influence. I am also growing increasingly concerned over the last two weeks by a pattern among Biden administration nominees of consistently moving towards and embracing the Chinese Communist Party. That pattern became even worse this morning in an article that broke in the Washington Post that described a speech you gave just a little over a year ago in October of 2019 to a Confucius Institute. Confucius Institutes are paid for by the Chinese Communist government. We have had repeated problems of espionage and propaganda. That's why the Chinese Communist government funds Confucius Institutes. Congress has passed bipartisan legislation cracking down on Confucius Institutes, legislation I authored that passed Congress with overwhelming bipartisan support. At the same time that the United States Congress and the United States government is acting to combat the spying, the espionage, the propaganda coming from Confucius Institutes run and controlled by the Chinese Communist government, according to the Washington Post, you were apparently going to a Confucius Institute, giving a paid speech and, and praising China. How do you reconcile those two? And from this point is where her answer began. Now, this woman claims to have meager resources, but she's highly paid. After all, she's got a doctorate, right? And she is going to continue what she was doing for the Barack Hussein Obama administration. Now she gets to pander as a United States ambassador so she's going to be able to spread her Democrat, socialist, communist leanings on behalf of you and me, on behalf of the United States of America, to the United Nations, if she's confirmed. And let's face it, folks, chances are she's going to be confirmed. She checks off all the boxes. She mentioned historic black college and university. Check. She is a 13% AA hyphenated American minority. Check. And she has a vagina. Supposedly, she's a woman. And that's fine. But I thought, under the Biden administration, we weren't supposed to look at things like penises and vaginas, male, female. We weren't supposed to look at a person's gender. We weren't supposed to look at a person's skin color, their ethnicity, their national origin their sexual orientation, their religion. But yet, the reason she is being pushed forward, according to the White House, is because she is a black female. That's her qualification. She gives paid speeches in support of communist China to a group of young, impressionable minority students 
at a historically black college and university in Atlanta, Georgia, or somewhere thereabouts. So she checks off all the boxes necessary to be the ambassador to the United Nations in the Biden administration. And unlike any Republican who might ever seek such a position, she simply gets to say, I regret saying what I had be done said. She gets to walk it back. And it's supposed to be all is forgiven. To hell with the fact that this is your leaning. This is your motivation. This is your inspiration. This is your guiding principles. Your desire to support communist China and its very inhumane human rights atrocities in your people's home country of Africa. But you checked off the boxes. If this had been a Republican, they'd be screaming on Capitol Hill for this racist white supremacist to be ousted from any possibility of ever serving in public life again. Because that's what they do. That's what they do on the Democrat side. They can simply walk it back. Just walk it back. It'll be okay. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. I want to switch gears for a moment and talk to you about so-called inciting of violence, inciting of riots, inciting of insurrection by the president, Donald Trump, who did no such thing at all. But I want to call your attention back to Madonna. Let's blow up the White House. Peter Fonda locked 10-year-old Baron Trump in a cage with child molesters. Johnny Depp. We need another John Wilkes Booth. Tom Arnold, I fantasized about standing over Trump Jr.'s dead body. Kathy Griffith, holding up a severed imitation Donald Trump Sr. head. Snoop Dogg, shooting a likeness of Donald Trump in a music video. Even has Trump in a body bag on his album cover. Joe Biden, I'd like to take him out behind a barn and beat him. Cory Booker. I dream of punching Trump in the face. Maxine Waters. Harass Trump staff and supporters in public and refuse to serve them. And there have been many, many more on the left. Many, many Democrats who have indeed incited direct violence. Those were direct quotes. But Trump, giving a speech with no hateful rhetoric, Simply saying, I know you're all going to go over to the Capitol and voice your disapproval with the stolen election. And that was supposedly inciting violence? We did say earlier on the program, though, that the New York Times has given direct supporting information for the acquittal of Donald Trump on all of the one charge against him of inciting violence. Seriously, they did it. They proved by publishing an article that cites actual DHS memos, which says the 
incitement of rioting could not have possibly been Donald Trump's doing because they had intelligence that they refused to act on 48 hours or longer before January 6th. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Now, I'm not trying to get all biblical on you folks here, but you've heard of the plagues that befell the Egyptians when they enslaved the Jews, right? <laughs> well, one of those plagues involved locusts, which are sometimes known as cicadas. And according to some items that I've been reading online, a massive horde of cicadas locusts will be expecting to emerge across the east coast this spring according to whdh television a massive horde of cicadas locust swarm is expected to emerge across the east coast starting in the spring of this year following a 17-year hibernation period the massive swarm of insects which is known as a brood has been living below ground, feeding on the sap from plant roots since 2004. Now they're genetically engineered, according to entomologists, to emerge every 17 years. The 17-year broods team uh, seem to occur mostly in the northern U.S., according to Gary Parsons, a Michigan State University entomologist. He says that the estimated legion of massive hordes of genetically engineered insects will be in the millions when they start appearing from New York to Georgia. They don't bite humans, they're harmless to humans and property, but they will be a nuisance when they amass in the millions. They are very detrimental to crops. When they're this abundant, they land and fly and crawl everywhere, including landing on humans and they eat crops. A locust swarm after 17 years. Hmm. 17 years ago. That's around the time George W. Bush started hanging out with the Clintons, isn't it? This is the Truth Hurts Program. We'll be right back. Steve Zee and the Truth Hurts Program. Sorry, gang, I just thought I'd throw that in there and see if it might bug you, pun intended. From the world of insurance claims, according to Claims Magazine, with more electric vehicles on the road, there may be fewer collisions due to avoidance technology, but the accidents that do occur will come with a much heftier and higher claims price tag. Think about it, unless tomorrow... Every gasoline-powered car without collision avoidance systems on board was eliminated. There's still going to be people out there with older automobiles, and they're going to be driving those cars, and accidents are going to occur. With more electric vehicles expected to be on the road in the future, should insurers now be concerned about the potential changes to collision claims for the new, much more expensive, higher-tech vehicles? accounting for about 2% of the global car sales in 2019 and 1% of the global car stock. Electric vehicles are anticipated to make up more than half of all passenger vehicle sales 
by the year 2040, according to Bloomberg. This shift may lead to headaches for insurance professionals and collision repairers as they see more and more of these sophisticated vehicles. While advanced safety systems are resulting in lower collision frequency, the cost of dealing with this higher technology is becoming an issue. This according to John Eck, a collision manager and wholesale dealer for General Motors customer care and after sales department. He says, this means the technicians have to be trained more and more on electric vehicle repairs. At General Motors, we're looking at a new platform with motors in front and in the rear. So the actual build of vehicles is going to be different. From a structural standpoint alone, except for the cages to be built to support batteries, the impact on the collision industry should not be too heavy. At least that's X opinion. He added that GM does plan to, to uh, launch 30 electric-powered vehicles in the next four years with an end game of General Motors producing only electric vehicles in the future. Unlike most cars that are repairable following collisions, the front end is typically damaged. Some brands of electric vehicles are seeing rear ends damaged more often, according to Chris Evans, a claims consultant for State Farm Insurance. While it's difficult to draw a direct correlation as to why, he said some features might catch drivers that aren't familiar with the technology off guard, such as deceleration rates. When it comes to EVs that are determined to be total losses, the front ends are typically where the collision damage occurred. Evans noted this isn't surprising since most of the vehicle's technology is located in the front end. It's important to note for cars equipped with event data records, you know, little black boxes, federal law stipulates the data is the property of the car's owner or the person who leases the car and cannot be accessed without a court order or express written permission from the owner or the person who leases one of those cars. It's going to be very interesting, a real game changer even though those black boxes may contain very critical information as to what happened during a crash and potentially who might have caused it, it is not something that the courts can readily just require someone to provide. It's going to get interesting out there for those of you in the collision field with all these new electric cars. Just another little tidbit I thought I'd share with you here on the Truth Hurts program. We'll be back in a minute. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. People, I'm thinking seriously about changing my name from Steve Z to Ayatollah Yuso. Ayatollah Yuso, because I've always told you so. And when I told you so many months ago that New York's Governor Cuomo had sentenced many, many senior citizens to their deaths by ordering COVID-positive patients to be housed in nursing homes where COVID-negative senior citizens were residing, I was not kidding. But now, New York Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat, has said the State Department of Health has underreported COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes by as much as 50%. Fox News, not my favorite channel to watch, but they reported 
The report holds New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's feet to the fire for his mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic in the early months, after he directed nursing homes in the Empire State to accept patients who had or were suspected of having COVID-19. His decision created an onslaught of COVID-19 cases that infected thousands of elderly patients and resulted in hundreds of deaths among the state's most vulnerable population. Ms. James said in a statement, as the pandemic and our investigations continue, it is imperative that we understand why the residents of nursing homes in New York unnecessarily suffered at such an alarming rate. While we cannot bring back the individuals we lost in this crisis, this report seems to offer transparency that the public deserves and to spur increased action to protect our most vulnerable residents. New York Governor Andy Cuomo has been the target of extensive criticism over state nursing home deaths even prior to this revelation. Spencer Brown tweeted, Finally today there's a ray of light, there's a sunshine in the darkness. At Janice Dean, to whom much of the credit for holding Cuomo's feet to the fire and keeping the story from being buried belongs, reacts to today's report from the New York AG with Harris Faulkner. Telling you folks, he was solely responsible for sending thousands, not hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of elderly people to either sickness or death because of his directive, his order, his mandate, his instruction that COVID positive patients be sent to those same nursing homes to which there was no positivity rate prior to him making such a foolish maneuver. And finally this afternoon, Michigan has reported to have suffered the worst job losses in the U.S. amid Gretchen Whitmer's lockdowns. This according to Breitbart News. Kyle Olson wrote a piece today. It says Michigan suffered the worst job losses in the country in December as Governor Gretchen Whitmer's latest lockdown stretched well past the announced three-week phase. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, Michigan lost 64,400 jobs in December. The stats revealed Michigan had the 11th highest unemployment rate at 7.5%. Michigan's rising action reported 15 states added jobs during the exact same period of time while 24 other states remain stable. Here's a list of the top five states with the highest unemployment rate as of December 2020. Hawaii, 9.3. Nevada, 9.2. California, 9%. Colorado, 8.4%. New Mexico and New York tied at 8.2%. Meanwhile, on the other end of the curve, the states with the lowest unemployment rates in December were Nebraska and South Dakota. You know, farming and Keystone XL pipeline construction. <laughs> Iowa and Vermont. All of these were right around 3% unemployment. Utah was at 3.6. And Alabama was at 3.9. Now, Michigan, 
their unemployment rate was 3.9% in December of 2019 under Donald Trump when he was making America great again. But now, well, now Michigan's unemployment rate is 7.5% as of December. Last week, Governor Democrat Whitmer eased restrictions on restaurants and bars here at the end of January, finally allowing them to reopen for some indoor dining, but it's limited to 25% of the capacity, and they must all close by 10 p.m. You know why? Because at 10 p.m., the Wuhan China novel coronavirus must double in energy or something. Because at 10 p.m., you can't go out and eat in Michigan. 10 o'clock and afterwards, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus must be out there, lurking in the shadows. She claims that her three-week pause that was announced 14 weeks ago, back in November, has worked. She says the efforts we have made together to protect families, frontline workers, and hospitals have dramatically reduced cases and we've saved lives. Now we're confident that starting February 1st, restaurants can resume indoor dining with safety measures in place. So if you have a 100-chair restaurant, you can now serve 25 people. The hell with the other 75 chairs. They have to sit empty. And you have to close by 10 o'clock. So the lockdowns she put in place for three weeks back in November were still in place as of today. But she's going to lift them by February 1st when the magic COVID fairy gives her permission to do so. After her mid-January extension, the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association blasted Whitmer, saying there are more than 100,000 unemployed hospitality workers and thousands of small operators on the edge of bankruptcy, all waiting for hope, waiting for direction. And once again, neither came. This is unacceptable, and we should all demand more accountability. Michigan led the country in jobs lost last month because of Governor Whitmer's continued lockdowns. It's time for Whitmer to work with the legislature to reopen the economy and safely put students back in the classroom. This according to Michigan Rising Action's executive director, Tori Sachs. Oh, I just got word. We're not allowed to call it the China virus anymore. So much for the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. You can call Steve Z a cracker. You can call me whatever you want, right? That's okay, because I'm white, I'm conservative, I'm Christian, and I have a penis. Resident Joe Biden, gropey Joe, pee pads, has issued an executive order banning the use of terms such as China virus and Wuhan virus when referring to COVID-19. This order applies to all federal agencies and all public health documents and resources. You might recall former President Donald Trump routinely called COVID the China virus because it came from China, where it was thought to have been originated in a government lab in Wuhan. Remember, Trump blamed China for the global pandemic, and rightfully so. Biden's order directly focuses the words to be used COVID-19 
references to its origins and potential discrimination stigmas placed on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders being his justification for issuing this order. Biden said in his order, the federal government must recognize its play a role in furthering these xenophobic sentiments throughout the actions of political leagues, including references to COVID-19 pandemic by geographic location of its origin. Such statements stoke unfounded fears, perpetuate stigma about Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, and contribute to increasing rates of bullying, harassment, hate crimes against AAPI persons. What? I'll translate. Biden said, The federal government must recognize that it has played a role in furthering these xenophobic sentiments through the actions of political leaders, including references to the COVID-19 pandemic by the geographic location of its origin. Such statements have stoked unfounded fears and perpetuated stigma about Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders and have contributed to increasing rates of bullying, harassment, and hate crimes against AAPI persons. The Biden order instructs federal agencies to take appropriate action to scrub and edit references to the virus's origins. Yeah, that's it. If we stop using the term China, then we can change history. Just like we stop using the Confederate flag and we can change history. Hey, how's that working out for you, Democrats? They tore down all the statues. They've taken down all the Confederate flags. They've changed the names of country and Western music groups like the Dixie Chicks and Lady Antebellum. And yet, they're still rioting in the streets of Portland and Seattle and other Democrat strongholds. How's that working out for you, Democrats? The Biden order also reads, Executive departments and agencies, agencies should take all appropriate steps to ensure that official actions, documents, statements, including those that pertain to the COVID-19 pandemic, do not exhibit or contribute to racism, xenophobia, and intolerance against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Well, it's still the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 on the Truth Hurts program because it did come from Wuhan, China in December of 2019. It is the SARS-CoV COVID coronavirus. This is the Truth Hurts program where we tell it like it is. It is still the Kung flu, the Wuhan China flu, the China flu, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. And that's life. This is not a federally controlled radio program. This is where truth comes out of hiding. This is where my opinion, and likely yours, matters. This is where we tell it like it is. You might be offended. That's your problem. But we retract nothing. Sometimes I'll apologize if you're offended, but in this, in this matter... Hell no. Hey, Gropey Joe. When are you going to fulfill your campaign promises and eradicate the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, the Kung flu? China virus, China virus, China virus, China virus, China virus. Nope. Still here. No lightning struck me down yet. China virus. How about if I scream it a little louder?
China virus. Nope, still here. That's good news for you. It's great news for me. And it's the truth. And sometimes, boys and girls, whether you like it or not, the truth hurts. That's going to wrap up this afternoon edition for your Thursday, January 28th, 2021. This is the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed here are still, while we still have it, protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We'll see you next time. Go out there and make it a great day. Hi there, it's Steve Z, your host of the Truth Hurts program. If you want to contact us, our Twitter handle is at Hertz Program. That's the at sign Hertz Program on Twitter. If you have an idea, a comment, or an opinion you wish to share with the Truth Hurts program, drop us an email at thetruthhurtsprogram at gmail.com. And make it a great day. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced at Studio 63, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We'll see you next time.